In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning in the epistle, St. Paul starts the epistle by saying, I appeal to you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there be no dissension among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. And then he goes on to talk about how in Corinth, apparently at that time, there was a division. There were people that were saying, well, I am of Paul, I am of Cephas, and Cephas is just Peter. I am of Apollo. And, and we can think about that. There's division there in Corinth in the first century when St. Paul is writing to the people. And we can look in a phone book, which I don't know how many of us use anymore. I probably should make, stop making that analogy. You can Google church. Memphis, Tennessee, that probably works better, and find a hundred pages on Google for the different number of churches in Memphis, Tennessee. There's something like 30,000, 30,000 Christian denominations uh, spread out throughout the United States. There's division in Christianity. As St. Paul is warning the, Corinth, the people in Corinth then, and he only mentioned two or three. He didn't go through all that list and list the 30,000 divisions that we have today. There is so much division in Christianity today, and each of them claims one thing or another. Well, one thing that I love about the Orthodox Church is the unity that we do have that it's just bigger than just St. John Memphis. Now, even if you Google Orthodox Church Memphis, you'll find a couple of different churches, right? And we know that. And that's great, and that's okay. But because the Orthodox Church is more than just about this group of people that is sitting here this morning, we are the second largest Christian group in the world. It might not feel like that when you are telling people where you go to church, which I do on an almost daily basis when they see me walking around, and you say the Orthodox Church, and they look at you and say, what is that? And Lord willing, you all have a very good couple of sentence answer for that question, but it's a bigger thing than just here in Memphis. And that's one thing that I really loved and needed the reminder of this week when Father Alex and I were at the Archdiocese Convention in Florida. We went there, and of course there were about 2,000 people from around the country, all part of the Antiochian Archdiocese. And we were united together. We were united together. It was great. At all of the services, the choir was made up of people from all over the country. The chanters were people from all over the country. The people who were serving in the services, they normally had at least two people uh, who were uh, serving at each service, and each of them was from a different diocese. And then the person who preached was from a different diocese still, and yet we all worshipped and were united together. One of the best things was uh, walking around with Noir uh, Mansour at the convention. And so I'd walk around with him and I'd invite him, uh, or I'd... Um, introduce him to a new priest, and I would tell him where that priest was from, and immediately Noir would say, oh, my cousin goes to your church, or oh my goodness, this person I went to Sunday school with is from my hometown, and then they'd be taking a selfie together and sending a, a picture to their, this long-lost friend uh, from there. But it showed, it reminded me about how 
big the Orthodox Church is and how important it is for all of us to be united together and not just to think about Orthodoxy as St. John Memphis, but St. John Memphis as the fullness of the Church here in our midst, but connected and united to Orthodox Christians all over the world. The second largest Christian group in the world. And the place where we are most connected, the place where we are fully united to Christ, is in the Eucharist. And that's the imagery that we have in the feeding of the 5,000 this morning when the apostles come to Jesus and he says, send them away, Lord. They need to go find some food. He says, what do you have? And they take the five loaves and the two fish and the imagery there should draw reminders to you of the Eucharist itself when it says he looks to heaven, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples. The exact same actions that happen at the Last Supper, the exact same actions that we have uh, repeated here in the Divine Liturgy when we break the bread together. He looks to heaven, he blesses it, he breaks it, he gives it to the disciples, and then they give it to the multitude, to the crowd, and it is enough for all 5,000, and really it says 5,000 men besides women and children. We're talking about 10,000 people that were there, feeds all of the people that were there with enough left over for 12 baskets of fragments. And so Christ gives to the disciples, who then gives to the people, and it's enough to fill up the need that is there. And we can think about the exact same thing here. Our Lord gives us himself on the altar, and then we take it to the rest of the world. And you know what? If all of us, if all of us were united to Christ in the Eucharist as we should be, Perhaps we wouldn't be the second largest Christian group in the world. Perhaps we should have as our goal to think about the largest Christian group in the world and tearing down those walls of those 30,000 different groups to be united in one body to Christ. Now that might seem far-fetched and you might think, Father, that's crazy, and maybe it's true. It might not happen in our lifetime, might not happen on this side of the kingdom, but that has to be our hope to unite people to Christ. And so what St. Paul is encouraging those people to do in Corinth and what he's encouraging all of us to do is to first and foremost be united to Christ. Partake of the Eucharist and unite ourselves to Christ. Make him the test of everything that we do in our life. Make him the example of everything that we say and everything that we experience so that we can be united to him in a profound and concrete and intimate way. And to be united to one another. One of the great things about our community here is that while it says Antiochian Orthodox, and I got, was asked by some people at the convention, random people there, what is Antiochian? Even though it says Antiochian, we are not just from one area. Our community is so diverse. Get to know one another. Encourage one another. Be united to one another, all of these people who are sitting around you, because these are the people that our Lord has put in our midst so that we can work out our salvation together, united to Christ and united together. And when we are united to Christ, 
when we are united to one another, we are also needing to be united to the Orthodox Church throughout the entire world to know the small tea traditions that happens all in the many places around the world, to know our Orthodox brothers and sisters so that we can learn from them and continue to grow in Christ and continue to be united to Christ, not with divisions, but so that we might, with one voice, proclaim glory to the Holy Trinity. And so, brothers and sisters, as we come forward to partake of the Eucharist today, be, remind, be mindful of uniting yourself to Christ. Be mindful of uniting yourself to every single other person who is taking communion with you. Not just here in this building, but those who are taking communion with us spread throughout the entire world. And so like St. Paul, who we began with these, these words, we'll say again, not just to those in Corinth, but to all of us, I appeal to you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree that there be no dissension among you, but that you be united in the same mind and in the same judgment. Because unity together is life in Christ. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.